Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Some cases have so many wild turns that it's more reminiscent of a Hollywood blockbuster. Today's case is that type of story. On October 10th, 1958, a woman was born who would find herself in the center of a stranger-than-fiction story. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Today's story is one with a lot of twists, turns, and convoluted lies. It begins, however, with the death of a woman named Elizabeth K. Meyer Faria, or as her friends called her, Betsy. On the night of December 27th, 2011, Russ Faria, Betsy's husband, went out on his weekly game night. His wife had been battling breast cancer since 2010, and just a few months before this fateful night, learned that the cancer had metastasized to her liver and that she was now considered terminal. He was supposed to pick her up from her mother's home after her chemotherapy treatment earlier that day. But before he could do so, Betsy called him to let him know that her friend and co-worker, Pamela Hupp, would do it instead. So having not seen her for most of the day, Russ came home ready to see his wife, but instead was accosted by the image of her lying dead on the couch with a knife sticking out of her neck. Calling 911, thus began the most harrowing, devastating, and absolutely insane time of Russ Faria's life. Before we go any further, I wanted to tell you all about one of the central figures of today's story. Pamela Marie Hupp, formerly Newman, was born on October 10th, 1958, and grew up in Delwood, Missouri. 
Over the course of her adult life, Pam held several jobs in the life insurance industry and on two occasions was fired after being caught forging signatures. In 2001, she and her husband settled in O'Fallon, Missouri, where she began working as an administrator for State Farm and flipping houses on the side. It was at that insurance company that she met Betsy Faria. Despite being 11 years younger than Pam, the two hit it off instantly and became fast friends. Now, by 2010, Pam had stopped working and began claiming disability for issues with her back, leg, and neck. The friends lost touch, but when Pam heard about Betsy's recent cancer diagnosis, she called her up and, rekindling their bond, offered to drive her to her treatments. Now, back to the investigation. In retracing Betsy's steps the night of her death, police soon learned that she went to chemotherapy at the Alvin J. Seitman Cancer Center, visited her mother's home, and then was driven back to her house by Pam Hupp, who, as far as they knew, was the last person to see her alive. Claiming she dropped her friend off at approximately 7 p.m., at 7.21, one of Betsy's daughter's calls went unanswered by her mother. Investigators next turned their attention to Russ Faria and learned that he spent from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. watching movies with a friend named Michael Corbin and then drove to an Arby's in Lake St. Louis before returning home. He walked in, found Betsy's body, and called 911 at 9.40 p.m. In that call, he claimed that he believed his wife had killed herself. But Betsy had been stabbed over 55 times and wrist cut to the bone with one of the serrated kitchen knives still embedded into her neck. A second knife was found under a pillow on the couch that she was lying on, and within 10 minutes of arriving, first responders were able to place her time of death sometime between 7.20 and 9.41 at night. Digging deeper, things started to get even more complicated. On December 22, 2011, just days before her death, Betsy, without her family's knowledge, changed the sole beneficiary of her $150,000 life insurance policy, over $200,000 in today's money, from Russ Faria to Pam Hupp. When questioned about this odd shift, Pam claimed that she gave her the money so that she could give it to her daughters when they were older, but later said that Betsy wanted her to keep the money for herself. Now, while some might have seen this as a motive for Pam to want her supposed friend dead, she pointed authorities in Russ's direction by painting him as an abusive husband who was out to get Betsy's money. Claiming he just might have been angry enough to kill Betsy, she described him as having a violent temper, a heavy drinker, and a man who was about to be left by his wife. Russ was arrested just days after his wife's death and calling his initial assertion that she killed herself absolutely, quote, ludicrous, police began searching the Faria home and found a bloodstained pair of slippers in the closet. Russ, completely baffled and furious about the turn of events, actually failed a polygraph test. At Pam's insistence, police searched Betsy's computer and found a document that she purportedly expressed fears that her husband was going to kill her. He was officially charged with her murder on January 4th, 2012, the day after Betsy Faria's funeral. Unable to make his bail, Russ stayed in the county jail until his trial began on November 18th, 2013. During the trial, his defense attorney argued that the testimonies of four friends, the ones he was with that night, cell phone records that placed him 20 miles away from the scene, and a paper trail that had him making purchases elsewhere during the window of death, easily showed that Russ was an innocent man. 
as did the lack of blood on his body and on his clothing. However, the prosecution countered and called the friends liars, claiming his alibi was false and said they went as far as to hold on to his cell phone and make those purchases to help him perpetrate the perfect crime. The defense, confident that Pam Hupp should be the one on trial, was barred from mentioning or even presenting any evidence that might implicate her. And in a secret hearing held before the trial, she claimed she put $100,000 of the insurance money in a trust for Betsy's daughter. In a 2014 civil deposition, she admitted that this seemingly selfless act was a complete lie. On November 21st, 2013, Russ Faria was convicted and a month later was sentenced to life in prison plus an additional 30 years. No charges were ever filed against the friends who, according to the prosecution, helped him to commit murder. Believing stories about Russ's violent tendencies, all tales told by Pam Hupp herself, Betsy's family welcomed the conviction. Russ Faria, knowing he was an innocent man, began fighting to challenge his sentence, while Betsy's daughters launched a legal challenge against Pam and her husband, who were able to claim all of their mother's insurance money. The case was dismissed in 2016, and Russ, shortly after, launched his own legal challenge against State Farm. This was around the time that Pam admitted she lied about her intentions with the money. In the meantime, the initial motion for a new trial was rejected by the judge. But in January of 2014, Fox 2 KTVI partnered with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch to review the case themselves. The next month, they publicly reported that Pam kept the $150,000 rather than put it in a trust and learned that she had, on multiple occasions, contradicted herself during her police interviews. Initially claiming that she had never entered the Faria home that day, she changed her story twice. They also alleged the prosecutor in the case, Leah Askey, was in a relationship with Mike Lang, the then-captain of the sheriff's office, one of the investigating officers in the case, and one of the prosecution's main witnesses. In February of 2015, the Missouri Court of Appeals sent the case back to the 45th Circuit Court for a hearing on a retrial, And after the judge recused herself from the case, the new judge granted a motion for a new bench trial based on the evidence that had recently emerged. Russ was released on bond pending his new trial, and this time, the defense was allowed to present evidence implicating a brand new suspect, Pamela Hupp. During the new trial, it was revealed that Pam, who was not called to testify, claimed in interviews that she and Betsy were in a sexual relationship and that she, quote, remembered seeing Russ and another man in a car parked on the side of the street outside the house when she made the drop-off. With inconsistencies and lack of real concrete evidence against him, Russ Faria, on November 7th, had his conviction overturned and was released from prison after serving almost four years. In July of 2016, he filed a civil rights lawsuit against Leah Eski and three deputy sheriffs on the case, claiming they, quote, fabricated evidence ignored exonerating evidence, and failed to investigate the other obvious suspect. Around the same time that Fox 2 KTVI found other problematic cases involving the original judge, Christina Menemeyer. After stating publicly that she and the sheriff's office were cooperating with the U.S. attorney in a review of the case, Leah Eski in 2017 asked Lincoln County commissioners to conduct an independent investigation into her conduct and they found no wrongdoing. However, in January of that same year, 
Christina Menemeyer was suspended by the Supreme Court of Missouri for misconduct relating to the Feria case. By August of 2018, both women were voted out of office. In September of 2019, the federal district judge dismissed Russ's lawsuit against Leah Aski on the basis of prosecutorial immunity. When news of Russ's exoneration spread, many came forward expressing their disbelief that Pam Hupp wasn't the prime suspect. When asked this, Leah Aski, now Leah Womack Cheney, said that she did not believe Pam was physically capable of wounding Betsy Faria like she was. While Russ was fighting for his freedom, winning, and dealing with the legal aftermath, another crime took place that, again, sent the whole case into a complete tailspin. On August 16th, 2016, shortly after 12 noon, Louis Royce Gumpenberger was shot five times in the home of his killer, Pamela Hupp. Louis was a resident of Union, Missouri, described as having mental and physical disabilities after a 2005 car crash, and left on his body was $900 cash and a note bearing the instructions, quote, kidnap Hupp, get Russ's money from Hupp at her bank, and kill Hupp. Going further, it read, quote, take Hub back to house and get rid of her. Make it look like Russ's wife. Make sure knife sticking out of neck. And offered a reward of $10,000. Immediately after the shooting, Pam voluntarily went to the O'Fallon Police Department and the first words out of her mouth were, is this going to be filmed? Because I always appear on the news with Chris Hayes. Blaming the reporter for attracting threatening people, she claimed Louis, armed with a knife, jumped out of his car, one being driven by some unknown other person, and ran to her in her driveway. He then accosted her as she sat in her garage and demanded she drive to the bank to retrieve Russ's money. Claiming she knocked the knife out of his hand with a, quote, karate chop, Pam ran to her house, grabbed a gun, and shot him in self-defense. Once again, placing the blame on Russ Faria, this time people weren't as trusting of Pam's story. Theorizing that Pam lured this man into her home, actually by presenting herself as Kathy, a producer on the wildly popular show Dateline, and promising him money to reenact a 911 call, committed the murder and staged the entire thing to take the heat off of her and once again, place Russ behind bars. Louis was chosen at random and placed in the center of Pam Hupp's deadly game. Backing this theory were cell phone records showing Pam in Louis's neighborhood less than an hour before the shooting. A police report filed on August 10th stating that a woman matching Pam's description approached a woman named Carol Alford, posing as an NBC producer and offering $1,000 to reenact a 911 call. Security footage showing this woman driving a car that matched Pam's. A second resident... Brent Carlton, saying he got a similar proposition, a $100 bill in Pam's dresser that matched the sequential serial numbers on the others found on Louis, the knife and paper that the note was written on matching a Dollar Tree purchase Pam made, and the fact that, given his physical disabilities, it was unlikely that Louis could have carried out such a crime. Given this evidence, amongst other pieces, Pam Hupp was arrested on August 23, 2016, and charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Upon being cuffed, she asked if she could use the restroom. Once inside, she took a ballpoint pen and stabbed her neck and wrists in an attempt to take her life. 
She survived. Her bail was set at $2 million, And on December 16, 2016, a grand jury indicted her on the charges. Appearing in court on January 31, 2017, Pam pleaded not guilty. And in May of 2018, the 11th Circuit Court judge ruled that prosecutors could not present evidence relating to the death of Shirley Newman, but could present evidence relating to Betsy Faria's case. So, who exactly was Shirley Newman? Shirley Mae Newman was Pam's own mother. A widow since 2000, Shirley was living alone in a third-floor apartment in an independent senior living home in Fenton, suffering from dementia and arthritis, when, on the night of October 29, 2013, she stayed the night with her daughter after a hospital visit. At 5 p.m. on October 30th, Pam dropped off her mother at her apartment and instructed the staff not to worry about Shirley for dinner or for breakfast the following morning. A housekeeper found Shirley Newman's body beneath the balcony of her home at 2.30 p.m. the next day. From the looks of things, the aluminum balcony railing had broken, and Shirley died of blunt force trauma to her chest. At the time of her death, though, she had eight times the expected amount of a sedative in her system. And the following month, the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office received an anonymous note suggesting that Pam, Shirley's daughter and the last person to see her alive, was responsible for the murder for yet another insurance payout. Though the housekeeper and Shirley's son both said that she was unstable on her feet and could have fallen, when Pam was charged with Louie's murder, the St. Louis County Police Department reopened the investigation. Unfortunately, Detective Matthew Levy's request to subpoena the location of Pam's phone the night of her mother's death was unsuccessful, as well as his attempts to get the railing tested. But in November of 2017, the chief medical examiner for the county changed the manner of Shirley's death from accidental to undetermined. The case was not reopened again, but many believe that Pam is responsible for the death. Back at her trial for Louis's murder, Pam decided to enter an Alfred plea and as a condition of her agreement, would not face the death penalty. She was instead sentenced to life without parole in August of 2019, and has, since this sentencing, phoned her then-husband and said that she only pled guilty so her family would not have to witness a, quote, ugly trial. Since getting his freedom back, Russ Faria's attorneys, in January of 2018, deposed Pam as part of a lawsuit against Lincoln County. She declined to answer the 92 questions relating to the murder of Betsy Faria, and in response, the attorneys sought a court order to force her to respond. In the end, in March of 2020, Russ received a settlement of over $2 million. In October of 2019, Louis's mother filed a wrongful death, fraud, and misrepresentation suit against Pam. And in 2020, she was awarded $3 million. But as of February 2022, the family has not received, quote, any significant money from Pam. In July of 2021, almost 10 years after our story began with Betsy's death, Pam Hupp was interviewed for the first time in connection to her friend's murder. Officially charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action on July 12, 2021, the prosecution alleged that Pam, in order to gain that life insurance policy, stabbed Betsy Faria while she slept on the couch in a weakened state from her most recent chemo treatment. She then removed her socks and used them to spread the blood all around the house and give the impression that a domestic incident had just occurred. With a lot of evidence working against her, in July of 2021, 
Pam Hupp entered a not guilty plea, and a few months later, the armed criminal action charge was dismissed. After her public defender died of a heart attack, Pam's preliminary hearing was delayed indefinitely. But in August of 2022, she waived her right to one. In October of that same year, the trial was moved to Greene County, Missouri, and this, as of right now, is the last update in the Pamela Hupp case. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened on October 11th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.